the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Joining us now is Robbie Starbuck. Robbie, I got to tell you, I've been getting text messages from people all about your film. People are really excited about it. It's thewaronchildren.com. Let me say it again, thewaronchildren.com. Robbie, tell us all about it. Yeah, you know, my wife and I, we really wanted to create a film that was the vast overview of this entire war against our children, because I think a lot of times for people, it's easy to just see, you know, your life's busy, you see one negative story here, one there, but it's hard to put together the cohesive battle plan in this war that's being waged on our kids. And so that's really what this film does. And I think very effectively can wake up those people in the middle who think that maybe there's not porn in schools, maybe there's not this huge sexualization of children problem. Our film really makes it clear that these problems exist. They're not going away unless we as the adults in the room do something about it. And that it, the onus is on us to do that. We've got to set these moral boundaries in society. And if we don't, we're going to fall into a new form of communism. I, I want to play some of the trailers here. Uh, let's start 103, just to give people a little taste of this film. Play cut 103. Are they intentionally sexualizing our children and stealing their innocence? I think that's right. TikTok specifically is designed to target young people. That's who their audience is. Have children died because of social media? Absolutely. Have they been trafficked off of social media? 100%. Have they been sexually exploited off of social media? Ongoing. Yes. I'm scrolling on TikTok. I see little kids with TikTok. What are they looking at? This is what you don't want kids to see. Is that correct? Exactly. And again, this is depicting children. This is, this is supposed to be kids. Do you feel like this is a war on children? I know it's a war on children. But like they said, we're coming for your kids. Yeah. And they have. We have another tape here. Robbie, riff on that. It's an amazingly dramatic uh, trailer there. Talk about it. Yeah, you know, we wanted to make sure we brought the cinematic quality to this that, you know, could really open up the eyes of those other people, because sometimes you can have the best information possible. But if you don't have it delivered in the right package, people are going to tune out. And so we wanted to make sure we had it in a compelling package where people would be just locked in from beginning to end. And the shocking thing is, as long as it is over two hours, people are locked in the whole time. The number one review I've gotten is people are just taking notes constantly. You know, um, Steve D said, you know, he had to watch it like two or three times um, just to get all the information in. And he's he's a pretty smart guy. You know, so I think that in general, that's sort of the experience a lot of people are having is that, you know, you you really have all this information to take in and how you can fight back. So, you know, what I found most interesting, by the way, about that clip is it showed a teen focus group. There's multiple teen focus groups in the movie. Um, and we specifically, you know, narrow in on a lot of these questions having to do with what's going on in the schools and social media and, you know, sort of how their lives are changing. And I thought it was interesting. They all gave us the same answers about one question. They didn't know what the other groups had said. When we asked them, are you going to give social media to your kids? Every single teenager in our teen focus group said, no, they would not be giving social media to their kids. Uh, I think only one of them said they would do it under 18. And that was somebody who said they'd do it at 17. Okay, so 
everybody was uniformly in agreement that this is toxic. And I said, well, that's weird because you guys have social media. So how do you square those things? And essentially the way it was explained to me is like, this is an addiction. You know, it's like, if you're a drug addict, you don't want your kids to grow up and do drugs. And the fact that they were able to recognize the problems in their peer group to the degree they're able to recognize it. We're talking like some of these girls were talking to us about how they got addicted to porn off of social media, you know? So I think that this goes a lot deeper than parents realize, and they need the education of watching a film like this to really know what these kids are going through. So if the kids acknowledge they're addicted to drugs and they don't want their kids to be addicted to drugs, why are parents so willingly and loosely administering digital heroin to their children? Well, it's sort of a multi-part thing. You know, part of it is the mere exposure effect, and the other part is the sort of social pressure that's been bearing on them that this is normal, this is okay, because the mere exposure effect, basically, you know, if you see it all the time in films, you see it all the time in movies, it becomes normalized. And so it's become normalized to them that you just hand this device to your kid the minute that they're able to, you know, be distracted by something. We literally hand iPads to babies and they grow up and the device is a a part of their parenting. You know, it's essentially a third parent. And this is a new thing. This has not been going on for all of human history, you know, and we see at the same time that's intersecting with the worst mental health crisis in kids that we've ever seen. This is coming at a time where they're confused about who they are, if everything's okay, if their life is worth living. And we have also at that same time, these kids believing in God at the lowest rates we have seen in our lifetimes, Charlie. And so I think none of that is a mistake. The social media and the devices and everything has been a net negative for kids. I think that in the large scheme of things, there's tons of benefits of the internet. Um, but when it comes to kids, this is not a place for them. I think it's it's really, it's been proven by study after study and by the voices of teenagers. I mean, look no further than talking to teenagers about it. They know that there's a problem here. Let's go to cut 110 here. It exposes the social contagion of trans ideology. Play cut 110, please. Well, honestly, I didn't even know that transition um, from female to male was an option until I um, was on social media and began being exposed to those type of communities. You've never seen an 18-month-old masturbating? No, I haven't. Have you seen any sexually explicit drag shows marketed as only just for kids that you would denounce or think that are a problem and that you want to distance yourself from? No. You know this is wrong. So, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to end the interview. They use the word sexualized kids at a young age or, you know, I'm feeling you right? Robbie. Yeah, you know, I think one of the most important things we did in this film is juxtaposed what the mainstream media is telling people with reality. So, you know, when we hard cut from all these voices on CNN, MSNBC, saying nobody has done surgeries on kids to the face of a young girl who was given a double mastectomy a week after her 13th birthday, that's jarring for people. For people in the middle or who are center left or even on the left who have been watching the news, seeing these people denying the sexualization and mutilation of children, and then to see one of those kids and have to look them in the face and to hear about what they went through and the negligence of the doctors involved, that's pretty harrowing. And you start to ask yourself, what else are they lying to me about? And as you watch throughout the film and you see the just issue after issue mounting up that you've been lied to about, I think it starts to break a paradigm of trust that has been programmed into a lot of people from early on in our life where you're supposed to just explicitly trust that the news is telling you the truth. Well, we all know that's not the case now, you know, and and as much as we'd like to believe actually that it's everyone that knows that, there's still a group of people who don't. And so I think this film does a good job of sort of 
waking them up through this process. If you're watching the film, even as a hater, you know, I, I think that that's going to be the experience. They're going to go, oh, wow, there's some stuff I did not know here. And there's some validity to what they're saying. Okay, Robbie, I want to play another piece of tape here. Uh, this is a cable news segment. Uh, I think this is the one that contrasts what they say on the Mockingbird media and how you guys respond to it. Play cut 111, please. There is misinformation presented that somehow that we're doing surgery on minors or even children. And that simply is not true. How old were you when they gave you a double mastectomy? It was a month after my 13th birthday. Ultimately, we're going to talk about are they going to give the counselors going to give them medication there at school without their parents' permission? I mean, I think we're leading towards an absurd and horrific time. Well, first of all, we weren't forewarned we would be sharing a locker. We had no idea. I turned around, a six foot four, 22 year old man, fully intact with an exposing male genitalia. This ideology is killing our kids. Robbie, that's powerful stuff. Talk, talk about that clip. Yeah, you know, I think that we really try to cover every level of this war, as you can see from like Riley Gaines situation and how we see men trying to invade women's spaces, especially young girls spaces to the teachers who have been fired for refusing to take part in that to the ideologies in the schools and the parents who've been put through just absolute hell like that mom in that clip was, you know, it's just it's harrowing to watch. I'm not going to lie to people like they, there is a, a lot of this that's depressing. And that's probably not what I should say to sell a movie and tell people to go watch it. But I'm telling you the truth. We're not infotainment with this movie. And I think that's one of the things that uh, can be really dangerous if we just sensationalize things and, and try to make it, you know, infotainment and people do nothing about it. We're action oriented and show a vision of the future as well, an aspirational one of how we can get back to faith, freedom, family, and really the ideals that can make America the greatest place on earth, you know? And I think that we can be that model once again for the world. We just have to find our moral core. You know, and people on an individual basis need to start taking responsibility. Stop waiting for a politician to save you. No politician's coming to save you, okay? Politicians can maybe fix some things on the periphery. We get Trump in there. We can fix the border. We can fix issues, issue by issue. But nobody's coming to save us. It's your job to save your family, and each individual needs to take that responsibility. And so, you know, I think that that's, that's one of the messages in this film that's really important, and it's why we have a parenting manual, the Parenting Revolution at freedomforever.us. You put your email in there. We send you the manual for free. It's got all the tools on how to protect your kids online. Um, but that's, that's really the core message is not just to be depressed or angry about this, but to take action and make change happen. The website is thewaronchildren.com. Robbie, just quickly, how can people watch it? Talk about the technical side of it um, just on the website, thewaronchildren.com. Absolutely. So there's a couple ways you can watch. We've got links there for Movies Plus. You can watch that on all smart TVs. Download the app, put the War on Children in, and it's a beautiful, beautiful system. Very easy to use. Rumble.com also has the War on Children. Then on X, if you subscribe to my account at Robbie Starbuck on X, five bucks a month, you get access to the film immediately. If you don't love the film, you just go ahead and cancel it and you never have to, you know, subscribe to me for another month. But if you keep subscribing, you help us make more films. And um, you've also got a gifting option on there. So if you want to gift this to that person in your life who you know at last Thanksgiving was denying any of this is going on, go ahead and gift it to them. And you, it goes straight to their email address and send them a text say, hey, I sent you a present. And then ask them for their thoughts on the movie because I think you may get a very different conversation this next go around with them. Things are beginning to change. We're starting to build a consensus, but there's so much corruption in the peer-reviewed literature. There's so much corruption in the medical establishment, the medical mafia. 
But even the New York Times came out and they're like, hey, maybe uh, chopping off the parts of kids is not the greatest thing ever. And it is hard for some 60 and 70 year old patriots, even when I talk to them, to grasp the butchery and the medieval witch doctors. These are not doctors. These are pseudo wizards. Talk about the social contagion. It is you guys accomplish this beautifully in the film, but for our audience that's here, and I encourage them to watch the film the best you can, can you describe to some people that have a difficult time believing this? There are, there are limiting beliefs that I run into with this topic. It is very hard for someone who grew up in a decent country to understand that there are, we know at least tens of thousands of kids on hormones, probably more. The numbers are so hard to find. That's probably something you cover in the film. The numbers are really hard to find. They hide them. How do you in, how do you deal with someone who finds this so hard to believe? They almost say there's no way in our country we're chopping off the breasts of 13-year-olds because they say they have a personality disorder. Well, that's why we put them on camera so that they could meet the people and show them the photos of the day in surgery and things like that um, so they can see it's real. You know, you see the insurance documents, it's real. Um, Beyond that, though, you know, I think the thing that is important for those folks to understand is I want you to think back to when you were a teenager. I think most people can relate to the fact that as teenagers, we all went through a stage where we felt a little bit like we didn't fit in or we felt a little awkward. Even if you were a popular kid, you felt like that. You know, it's almost like imposter syndrome. Well, you know, teenagers going through that normal, awkward feeling today are being told, well, maybe it's because you were born in the wrong body. And they're not just being told that once. They're being affirmed that by every medical institution and by every form of media. And then what is their new best friend? Because we used to have best friends that speak sanity into us, right? I had a best friend that if I had a stupid idea, they'd be like, Robbie, that's a stupid idea. We're not doing that. Um, Well, their new best friend is social media. And so that kid's on TikTok after school. They're on TikTok and they spend more time with TikTok than they spend with their parents. So where's their wisdom coming from? It's not from God. It's not from their parents. It's not from the Bible. It's from TikTok. And TikTok is built in with an algorithm to tell them again and again, yes, in fact, you were born in the wrong body. There is something wrong with you. You could be fixed, though. Look at this beautiful community here. This community would love you the way you wish your community around you loved you. That's very alluring to a child. And so that's what's happening is that social contagion. And this is how you know it's social contagion. And we make this very clear with the map of the world. There is no other country in the world that can replicate the rates at which kids are identifying as transgender. So for those people out there, there's some who say, oh, well, we're living in a different time and it's easier to come out now as transgender. That's why there's more. Well, no, because look across the globe. Transition, Transition and transgender identification has been normalized in many parts of Europe. And yet they don't allow this for kids and you don't see the rates of this happening in terms of self-identification. It's happening here at rates we've never seen before because it is a social contagion. That's right. And I mean, I I just think the best on this is Dr. Miriam Grossman. I'm going to put a picture up her on the studio. Her book, Lost in Translation, is amazing. And I got to compliment you, Robbie, doing this film. We have to keep building consensus. This is is one of the most evil institutionalized things that's happening in our country. And I, I really don't, I don't say that lightly. So Robbie, I have a couple specific questions. What needs to be done legislatively? And are you hopeful that there's a solution in sight? 
Yeah, you know, there's a lot that needs to be done legislatively because we need to set clear moral boundaries with kids. And so we discussed this um, in, in a Spaces on X actually uh, a couple of days ago. And it's that as we look at every issue in society, whether it be social media or whether it be other things, we need to start sort of thinking of them in two different categories, adults and children. So like, you know, in terms of adults, you should be able to say what you want to say on social media. There should be an Internet Bill of Rights that guarantees your freedom of speech. Um, but when it comes to children, you know, we also need to have guardrails where por pornographic websites, they need to verify they're not showing porn to a child before they expose them to horrific stuff. Because I'm sure, you know, you visit college campuses, you know, there's been some people who've gone there and actually asked, you know, what are the normal sexual proclivities of people in this age group? And a lot of it's horrific stuff. I mean, it's like I get spit on every day. I get choked out till, you know, I can't, I, I black out. You know, it's horrible stuff that should not be happening. And it's mirroring the pornography that is pushed course, on them on a regular exactly basis, right. even when they're a child. Yeah. So, Robbie, I want to, it's interesting. I went on the show, whatever, which I think you should go on. I think you'd do great. And I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's an awfully eccentric deal. And even the porn people on that show agreed that we should have stricter age verification for the consumption of porn for minors. Even the porn people that participate in this ridiculous thing. And they said, oh, yeah, you know, minors shouldn't be able to access this. And, you know, we need stricter standards. And just so everyone knows, Texas and Utah passed laws and then Pornhub or whatever geek brain, it's ridiculous thing, mind geek comes in and sues and says, no, no, no. <laughs> You can't you can't have stringent standards. You just need something where someone lies about their age. OK, so, Robbie, I touched on this previously and you might be able to actually answer. I have not been able to find numbers. I've spent a good amount of time. I've had our research team. The numbers are all over the place. How many kids, minors in America, have surgery every single year for trans identification? Do you know the answer to that question? Nobody knows the exact answer. Nobody, not even the insurance companies, because they only know what's going on within their insurance company. OK, so we've seen some leaked insurance documents that show that this is in the thousands. OK, and that it is at a level that we have never seen before, not even close. But we also see that they're concealing this in a way that they don't conceal with other things. OK, if you looked at how many people got cancer last year, you can find that number. OK, if you look at how many were treated, you can find those numbers. You can't find the numbers on this because they're ashamed of it. They know yes. what they're doing is wrong. WPATH knows what they're doing is wrong. And what do you do when you're ashamed and you know you're guilty? You hide it. They don't want people to know how wide this has gone. But go talk to parents. Okay, so I encourage people, if you have a friend who lives in one of these far left states like California, ask them if they have high school age kids, how many of the kids in their kid's school identify as transgender and are on hormones? No, the, and that, the that's answers an you get point. will be shocked. Yes. So, so the yeah, hormones... and look at California's Healthy Kids Survey. Yes. California does a healthy kids survey that showed the most massive leap in self-identification of transgenderism that we have ever seen. It's not even close. It's ludicrous. Look at places like Davis, California, who did the same thing. It's nuts. You're talking about into the percentiles where this is going to become a, a majority at some point. Yes. OK, if it keeps on it, this it track, will. it will. And, and Robbie, I just want to reinforce what you're saying, because there's three categories. There's kids that self-identify as transgender. And then there's this murky, massive category. And then there's the, you know, I'm getting my breasts removed. We don't know that number. I think it's a couple thousand a year. I don't think we should get too excited about that number or try to suggest that it's in the hundreds of thousands. I think that deteriorates our credibility. But I will say Agreed. it's over 100,000. I, 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 I don't know if I could prove this, but I know it anecdotally of kids that are on hormone blockers or on testosterone replacement therapy. That number is absolutely in the six figures. 
And so that's the one where you have to understand that is surgery by another means. That is chemical castration. That that has irreversible, irreparable damage. And that leads you to surgery, maybe when you're 18, 19. Yeah. And this is probably the most important part of this. So AbbVie, which makes a drug they use as a puberty block, blocker called Lupron. Okay. It's also yep, used to castrate rapists. pedophiles. Yeah. They then donate $50,000 to the Trevor Project, who then whitewashes the transgendering of kids because they put out there to the mainstream media that giving them puberty blockers is healthcare and that it saves lives. Well, what they don't tell you is that's not a study at all. It was a quiz they did where people got gift cards and they selected the group they wanted to ask these questions, okay? That's not a scientific study, but the media is happy to run with it to try to guilt people into drugging kids and castrating them. Robbie, I couldn't be more supportive of what you're doing. I, I, I dive into the literature a fair amount because I really want to know this stuff and I want to make sure the audience knows it. And there's so much mystery. And that, that means that they're doing something. They operate like a criminal enterprise. They operate like a cartel, like a mafia. We know how many people down to like the exact number that are getting chemotherapy treatments, how many people that are getting you know gallbladder surgery. We know how many people are getting colon cancer treatment. We know those numbers. They're published by the CDC. And if President Trump wins, one of the top things he needs to do, and if not, Congress needs to do this, we need to get a number. Tell us specifically how many children are going under general anesthesia and having their parts removed, period. Robbie, great work. Thank you so much. TheWarOnChildren.com. Thanks, Charlie. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. If you enjoy your podcast, take a moment, tell a friend to subscribe today. Send them to our website, TownHallReview.com. I'm Hugh Hewitt. Thank you for joining us. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.